come to grips with it. This is the LifeSpring One-Year Bible coming to you from Riverside, California. And podcasting since 2004, I'm Steve Webb, your OG Godcaster. This is the daily podcast where we're reading through the entire Bible in, what, a year? Yeah, I'm grateful to be with you today. Thank you. It's Prophecy Friday, and we'll read chapters 47 through 52 of Jeremiah, which will complete that book. The title of today's episode is, Is There a Limit to God's Patience? Before we read, let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for our time around your word today, and we pray, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts and our minds. Teach us, we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, are you ready? Let's begin. Jeremiah chapter 47. This is the Lord's message to the prophet Jeremiah concerning the Philistines of Gaza before it was captured by the Egyptian army. This is what the Lord says. A flood is coming from the north to overflow the land. It will destroy the land and everything in it, cities and people alike. People will scream in terror, and everyone in the land will wail. Hear the clatter of stallions' hooves and the rumble of wheels as the chariots rush by. Terrified fathers run madly without a backward glance at their helpless children. The time has come for the Philistines to be destroyed, along with their allies from Tyre and Sidon. Yes, the Lord is destroying the remnant of the Philistines, those colonists from the land of Crete. Gaza will be humiliated, its head shaved bald. Ashkelon will lie silent. You remnant from the Mediterranean coast, how long will you cut yourselves in mourning? Now, O sword of the Lord, when will you be at rest again? Go back into your sheath, rest and be still. But how can it be still when the Lord has sent it on a mission? for the city of Ashkelon and the people living along the sea must be destroyed. Jeremiah chapter 48 This message was given concerning Moab. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. What sorrow awaits the city of Nebo? It will soon lie in ruins. The city of Kiriathaim will be humiliated and captured. The fortress will be humiliated and broken down. No one will ever brag about Moab again. For in Heshbon there is a plot to destroy her. Come, they say, we will cut her off from being a nation. The town of Madman, too, will be silenced. The sword will follow you there. Listen to the cries from Horonaim, cries of devastation and great destruction. All Moab is destroyed. Her little ones will cry out. Her refugees weep bitterly, climbing the slope to Luhith. They cry out in terror, descending the slope to Horonaim. Flee for your lives, hide in the wilderness. Because you have trusted in your wealth and skill, you will be taken captive. Your god Chemosh with his priests and officials will be hauled off to distant lands. All the towns will be destroyed, and no one will escape, either on the plateaus or in the valleys, for the Lord is spoken. Oh, that Moab had wings so she could fly away, for her towns will be left empty, with no one living in them. Cursed are those who refuse to do the Lord's work, who hold back their swords from shedding blood. From its earliest history, Moab has lived in peace, never going into exile. He is like wine that has been allowed to settle. He has not been poured from flask to flask, and he is now fragrant and smooth. But the time is coming soon, says the Lord, when I will send men to pour him from his jar. They will pour him out, then shatter the jar. 
At last, Moab will be ashamed of his idol Chemosh, as the people of Israel were ashamed of their gold calf at Bethel. You used to boast, we are heroes, mighty men of war, but now Moab and his towns will be destroyed. His most promising youth are doomed to slaughter, says the king, whose name is the Lord of Heaven's armies. Destruction is coming fast for Moab. Calamity threatens ominously. You friends of Moab, weep for him and cry. See how the strong scepter is broken, how the beautiful staff is shattered. Come down now from your glory and sit in the dust, you people of Dibon. For those who destroy Moab will shatter Dibon too. They will tear down all your towers. You people of Aroer, stand beside the road and watch. Shout to those who flee from Moab, what has happened here? And the reply comes back, Moab lies in ruins, disgraced, weep and wail. Tell it by the banks of the Arnon River, Moab has been destroyed. Judgment has been poured out on the towns of the plateau, on Holon and Jahaz and Mephath, on Dibon and Nebo and Beth Diblathaim, on Kiriathaim and Beth Gamel and Beth Meon, on Kirioth and Basra, all the towns of Moab, far and near. The strength of Moab has ended. His arm has been broken, says the Lord. Let him stagger and fall like a drunkard, for he has rebelled against the Lord. Moab will wallow in his own vomit, ridiculed by all. Did you not ridicule the people of Israel? Were they caught in the company of thieves that you should despise them as you do? You people of Moab, flee from your towns and live in the caves. Hide like doves that nest in the clefts of the rocks. We have all heard of the pride of Moab, for his pride is very great. We know of his lofty pride, his arrogance, and his haughty heart. I know about his insolence, says the Lord, but his boasts are empty, as empty as his deeds. So now I will wail for Moab. Yes, I will mourn for Moab. My heart is broken for the men of Kirharesheth. You people of Sibma, rich in vineyards, I will weep for you even more than I did for Jazer. Your spreading vines once reached as far as the Dead Sea, but the destroyer has stripped you bare. He has harvested your grapes and summer fruits. Joy and gladness are gone from fruitful Moab. The presses yield no wine. No one treads the grapes with shouts of joy. There is shouting, yes, but not of joy. Instead, their awful cries of terror can be heard from Heshbon clear across to Eliela and Jahaz from Zoar all the way to Horonaim and Eglath-Shalishia. Even the waters of Nimrim are dried up now. I will put an end to Moab, says the Lord, for the people offer sacrifices at the pagan shrines and burn incense to their false gods. My heart mourns like a flute for Moab and kir for all their wealth has disappeared. The people shave their heads and beards in mourning. They slash their hands and put on clothes made of burlap, there is crying and sorrow in every Moabite home and on every street. For I have smashed Moab like an old unwanted jar. How it is shattered! Hear the wailing! See the shame of Moab! It has become an object of ridicule, an example of ruin to all its neighbors. This is what the Lord says. Look, the enemy swoops down like an eagle spreading its wings over Moab. Its cities will fall and its strongholds will be seized. Even the mightiest warriors will be in anguish like a woman in labor. Moab will no longer be a nation, for it is boasted against the Lord. Terror and traps and snares will be your lot, O Moab, says the Lord. Those who flee in terror will fall into a trap, and those who escape the trap will step into a snare. 
I will see to it that you do not get away, for the time of your judgment is come, says the Lord. The people flee as far as Heshbon, but are unable to go on. For a fire comes from Heshbon, King Sihon's ancient home, to devour the entire land with all its rebellious people. What sorrow awaits you, O people of Moab? The people of the god of Chemosh are destroyed. Your sons and your daughters have been taken away as captives. But I will restore the fortunes of Moab in days to come. I, the Lord, have spoken. This is the end of Jeremiah's prophecy concerning Moab. Jeremiah chapter 49 This message was given concerning the Ammonites. This is what the Lord says. Are there no descendants of Israel to inherit the land of Gad? Why are you who worship Molech living in its towns? In the days to come, says the Lord, I will sound the battle cry against your city of Rabbah. It will become a desolate heap of ruins, and the neighboring towns will be burned. Then Israel will take back the land you took from her, says the Lord. Cry out, O Heshbon, for the town of Ai is destroyed. Weep, O people of Rabbah. Put on your clothes of mourning. Weep and wail, hiding in the hedges, for your god Molech, with his priests and officials, will be hauled off to distant lands. You are proud of your fertile valleys, but they will soon be ruined. You trusted in your wealth, you rebellious daughter, and thought no one could ever harm you. But look, I will bring terror upon you, says the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies. Your neighbors will chase you from your land, and no one will help your exiles as they flee. But I will restore the fortunes of the Ammonites in days to come. I, the Lord, have spoken. This message was given concerning Edom. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies says. Is there no wisdom in Teman? Is no one left to give wise counsel? Turn and flee. Hide in deep caves, you people of Dedan. For when I bring disaster on Edom, I will punish you too. Those who harvest grapes always leave a few for the poor. If thieves came at night, they would not take everything. But I will strip bare the land of Edom, and there will be no place left to hide. Its children, its brothers, and its neighbors will all be destroyed, and Edom itself will be no more. But I will protect the orphans who remain among you. Your widows, too, can depend on me for help. And this is what the Lord says. If the innocent must suffer, how much more must you? You will not go unpunished. You must drink this cup of judgment. For I have sworn by my own name, says the Lord, that Basra will become an object of horror and a heap of ruins. It will be mocked and cursed. All its towns and villages will be desolate forever. I have heard a message from the Lord that an ambassador was sent to the nations to say, Form a coalition against Edom and prepare for battle. The Lord says to Edom, I will cut you down to size among the nations. You will be destroyed by all. You have been deceived by the fear you inspire in others and by your own pride. You live in a rock fortress and control the mountain heights. But even if you make your nest among the peaks with the eagles, I will bring you crashing down, says the Lord. Edom will be an object of horror. All who pass by will be appalled and will grasp at the destruction they see there. It will be like the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighboring towns, says the Lord. No one will live there. No one will inhabit it. I will come like a lion from the thickets of the Jordan, leaping on the sheep in the pasture. I will chase Edom from its land, and I will appoint the leader of my choice. For who is like me, and who can challenge me? What ruler can oppose my will? Listen to the Lord's plans against Edom and the people of Teman. 
Even the little children will be dragged off like sheep, and their homes will be destroyed. The earth will shake with the noise of Edom's fall, and its cry of despair will be heard all the way to the Red Sea. Look, the enemy swoops down like an eagle, spreading its wings over Basra. Even the mightiest warriors will be in anguish like a woman in labor. This message was given concerning Damascus. This is what the Lord says. The towns of Hamath and Arpad are struck with fear, for they have heard the news of their destruction. Their hearts are troubled like a wild sea in a raging storm. Damascus has become feeble, and all her people turn to flee. Fear, anguish, and pain have gripped her as they grip a woman in labor. That famous city, a city of joy, will be forsaken. Her young men will fall in the streets and die. Her soldiers will all be killed, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. And I will set fire to the walls of Damascus that will burn up the palaces of Ben-Hadad. This message was given concerning Kedar and the kingdoms of Hazor, which were attacked by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. This is what the Lord says. Advance against Kedar. Destroy the warriors from the east. Their flocks and tents will be captured and their household goods and camels will be taken away. Everywhere shouts of panic will be heard. We are terrorized at every turn. Run for your lives, says the Lord. Hide yourselves in deep caves, you people of Hazor. For King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon has plotted against you and is preparing to destroy you. Go up and attack that complacent nation, says the Lord. Its people live alone in the desert without walls or gates. Their camels and other livestock will all be yours. I will scatter to the winds these people who live in remote places. I will bring calamity upon them from every direction, says the Lord. Hazor will be inhabited by jackals, and it will be desolate forever. No one will live there. No one will inhabit it. This message concerning Elam came to the prophet Jeremiah from the Lord at the beginning of the reign of King Zedekiah of Judah. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies says. I will destroy the archers of Elam the best of their forces. I will bring enemies from all directions. I will scatter the people of Elam to the four winds. They will be exiled to countries around the world. I myself will go with Elam's enemies to shatter it. In my fierce anger, I will bring great disaster upon the people of Elam, says the Lord. Their enemies will chase them with a sword until I have destroyed them completely. I will set my throne in Elam, says the Lord, and I will destroy its kings and officials. But I will restore the fortunes of Elam in days to come. I, the Lord, have spoken. Jeremiah chapter 50 The word the Lord spoke about Babylon, the land of the Chaldeans, through Jeremiah the prophet. Announce to the nations, proclaim and raise up a signal flag, proclaim and hide nothing. Say, Babylon is captured, Bel is put to shame, Marduk is devastated, her idols are put to shame, her false gods devastated. For a nation from the north will come against her. It will make her land desolate. No one will be living in it. Both man and beast will escape. In those days and at that time, this is the Lord's declaration, the Israelites and Judeans will come together, weeping as they come, and will seek the Lord their God. They will ask about Zion, turning their faces to this road. They will come and join themselves to the Lord in an everlasting covenant that will never be forgotten. My people are lost sheep. Their shepherds have led them astray, guiding them the wrong way in the mountains. They have wandered from hill to hill. They have forgotten their resting place. All who found them devoured them. Their adversaries said, 
We're not guilty. Instead, they have sinned against the Lord, their righteous grazing land, the hope of their ancestors, the Lord. Escape from Babylon. Depart from the Chaldeans' land. Be like the rams that lead the flock, for I will soon stir up and bring against Babylon an assembly of great nations from the north country. They will line up in battle formation against her. From there she will be captured. Their arrows will be like those of a skilled warrior who does not return empty-handed. The Chaldeans will become plunder. All Babylon's plunderers will be fully satisfied. This is the Lord's declaration. Because you rejoice, because you sing in triumph, you who plundered my inheritance, because you frolic like a young cow treading grain and neigh like stallions, your mother will be utterly humiliated. She who bore you will be put to shame. Look, she will lag behind all the nations, a dry land, a wilderness, and Arabah. Because of the Lord's wrath, she will not be inhabited. She will become a desolation, every bit of her. Everyone who passes through Babylon will be horrified and scoff because of all her wounds. Line up in battle formation around Babylon, all you archers. Shoot at her. Do not spare an arrow, for she has sinned against the Lord. Raise a war cry against her on every side. She has thrown up her hands in surrender. Her defense towers have fallen. Her walls are demolished. Since this is the Lord's vengeance, take out your vengeance on her. As she has done, do the same to her. Cut off the sower from Babylon, as well as him who wields the sickle at harvest time. Because of the oppressor's sword, each will turn to his own people. Each will flee to his own land. Israel is a stray lamb chased by lions. The first who devoured him was the king of Assyria. The last one who crushed his bones was Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. Therefore, this is what the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, says. I am about to punish the king of Babylon and his land, just as I punished the king of Assyria. I will return Israel to his grazing land, and he will feed on Carmel and Bashan. He will be satisfied in the hill country of Ephraim and of Gilead. In those days and at that time, this is the Lord's declaration, one will search for Israel's guilt, but there will be none, and for Judah's sins, but they will not be found, for I will forgive those I leave as a remnant. Go against the land of Marathaim and against those living in Pecod. Put them to the sword. Completely destroy them. This is the Lord's declaration. Do everything I have commanded you. The sound of war is in the land, a great destruction. How the hammer of the whole earth is cut down and smashed. What a horror Babylon has become among the nations. Babylon, I laid a trap for you and you were caught, but you did not even know it. You were found and captured because you fought against the Lord. The Lord opened His armory and brought out His weapons of wrath, because it is a task of the Lord God of hosts in the land of the Chaldeans. Come against her from the most distant places, open her granaries, pile her up like mounds of grain and completely destroy her. Leave her no survivors. Put all her young bulls to the sword. Let them go down to the slaughter. Woe to them, because their day has come, the time of their punishment. There is a voice of fugitives and those who escape from the land of Babylon announcing in Zion the vengeance of the Lord our God, the vengeance for His temple. Summon the archers to Babylon, all who string the bow. Camp all around her, let none escape. Repay her according to her deeds. Just as she has done, do the same to her, for she has acted arrogantly against the Lord, against the Holy One of Israel.
Therefore, her young men will fall in her public squares. All the warriors will perish in that day. This is the Lord's declaration. Look, I am against you, you arrogant one. This is the declaration of the Lord God of hosts, because your day has come, the time when I will punish you. The arrogant will stumble and fall, with no one to pick them up. I will set fire to his cities, and it will consume everything around him. This is what the Lord of hosts says. Israelites and Judeans alike have been oppressed. All their captors hold them fast. They refuse to release them. Their Redeemer is strong. Yahweh of hosts is his name. He will fervently plead their case, so that he might bring rest to the earth, but turmoil to those who live in Babylon. A sword is over the Chaldeans, this is the Lord's declaration, against those who live in Babylon, against her officials, and against her sages. A sword is against the diviners, and they will act foolishly. A sword is against her heroic warriors, and they will be terrified. A sword is against his horses and chariots, and against all the foreigners among them, and they will be like women. A sword is against her treasuries, and they will be plundered. A drought will come on her waters, and they will be dried up. For it is a land of carved images, and they go mad because of terrifying things. Therefore, desert creatures will live with hyenas, and ostriches will also live in her. It will never again be inhabited or lived in through all generations. Just as God demolished Sodom and Gomorrah in their neighboring towns, this is the Lord's declaration, so no one will live there. No human being will even stay in it as a temporary resident. Look, a people comes from the north. A great nation and many kings will be stirred up from the remote regions of the earth. They grasp bow and javelin. They are cruel and show no mercy. Their voice roars like the sea, and they ride on horses, lined up like men in battle formation against you, daughter Babylon. The king of Babylon has heard reports about them, and his hands fall helpless. Distressed has seized him, pain like a woman in labor. Look, it will be like a lion coming from the thickets of the Jordan to the watered grazing land. Indeed, I will chase Babylon away from her land in a flash. I will appoint whoever is chosen for her. For who is like me? Who will summon me? Who is the shepherd who can stand against me? Therefore, hear the plans that the Lord has drawn up against Babylon, and the strategies he has devised against the land of the Chaldeans. Certainly the flock's little lambs will be dragged away. Certainly the grazing land will be made desolate because of them. At the sound of Babylon's conquest, the earth will quake. A cry will be heard among the nations. Jeremiah chapter 51 This is what the Lord says. I am about to stir up a destructive wind against Babylon and against the population of leb Kemai. I will send strangers to Babylon who will scatter her and strip her land bare, for they will come against her from every side in the day of disaster. Don't let the archer string his bow. Don't let him put on his armor. Don't spare her young men. Completely destroy her entire army. Those who were slain will fall in the land of the Chaldeans, those who were pierced through in her streets. For Israel and Judah are not left widowed by their God, the Lord of hosts, though their land is full of guilt against the Holy One of Israel. Leave Babylon. Save your lives, each of you. Don't perish because of her guilt. For this is the time of the Lord's vengeance. He will pay her what she deserves. Babylon was a gold cup in the Lord's hand, making the whole earth drunk. The nations drank her wine. Therefore the nations go mad. Suddenly Babylon fell and was shattered. 
Wail for her. Get balm for her wound. Perhaps she can be healed. We tried to heal Babylon, but she could not be healed. Abandon her. Let each of us go to his own land, for her judgment extends to the sky and reaches as far as the clouds. The Lord has brought about our vindication. Come, let's tell in Zion what the Lord our God has accomplished. Sharpen the arrows, fill the quivers. The Lord has put it into the mind of the kings of the Medes because his plan is aimed at Babylon to destroy her, for it is the Lord's vengeance, vengeance for his temple. Raise up a signal flag against the walls of Babylon. Fortify the watchpost. Set the watchman in place. Prepare the ambush. For the Lord has both planned and accomplished what he has threatened against those who live in Babylon. You who reside by many waters, rich in treasures, your end is come, your life thread is cut. The Lord of hosts has sworn by himself, I will fill you up with men as with locusts, as they will sing the victory song over you. He made the earth by his power, established the world by his wisdom, and spread out the heavens by his understanding. When he thunders, the waters in the heavens are in turmoil, and he causes the clouds to rise from the ends of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain and brings the wind from his storehouses. Everyone is stupid and ignorant. Every goldsmith is put to shame by his carved image, for his cast images are a lie. There is no breath in them. They are worthless, a work to be mocked. At the time of their punishment, they will be destroyed. Jacob's portion is not like these, because he is the one who formed all things. Israel is the tribe of his inheritance. Yahweh of hosts is his name. You are my battle club, my weapons of war. With you I will smash nations. With you I will bring kingdoms to ruin. With you I will smash the horse and its rider. With you I will smash the chariot and its rider. With you I will smash man and woman. With you I will smash the old man and the youth. With you I will smash the young man and the young woman. With you I will smash the shepherd and his flock. With you I will smash the farmer and his ox team. With you I will smash governors and officials. I will repay Babylon and all the residents of Chaldea for all their evil they have done in Zion before your very eyes. This is the Lord's declaration. Look, I am against you, devastating mountain. This is the Lord's declaration. You devastate the whole earth. I will stretch out my hand against you, roll you down from the cliffs, and turn you into a charred mountain. No one will be able to retrieve a cornerstone or a foundation stone from you, because you will become desolate forever. This is the Lord's declaration. Raise a signal flag in the land. Blow a ram's horn among the nations. Set apart the nations against her. Summon kingdoms against her. Ararat, Minai, and Ashkenaz. Appoint a marshal against her. Bring up horses like a swarm of locusts. Set the nations for battle against her, the kings of Media, her governors and all her officials, and all the lands they rule. The earth quakes and trembles because the Lord's intentions against Babylon stand to make the land of Babylon an uninhabited desolation. Babylon's warriors have stopped fighting. They sit in their strongholds. Their might is exhausted. They have become like women. Babylon's homes have been set ablaze, her gate bars are shattered. Messenger races to meet messenger, and herald to meet herald, to announce the king of Babylon that his city has been captured from end to end. The fords have been seized, the marshes set on fire, and the soldiers are terrified. For this is what the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, says. Daughter Babylon is like a threshing floor at the time it is trampled. 
In just a little while her harvest time will come. Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon has devoured me. He has crushed me. He has set me aside like an empty dish. He has swallowed me like a sea monster. He filled his belly on my delicacies. He has vomited me out, says the inhabitant of Zion. Let the violence done to me and my family be done to Babylon. Let my blood be on the inhabitants of Chaldea, says Jerusalem. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I am about to plead your case and take vengeance on your behalf. I will dry up her sea and make her fountain run dry. Babylon will become a heap of rubble, a jackal's den, a desolation and an object of scorn without inhabitant. They will roar together like young lions. They will growl like lion cubs. While they are flushed with heat, I will serve them a feast, and I will make them drunk so that they revel. Then they will fall asleep forever and never wake up. This is the Lord's declaration. I will bring them down like lambs to the slaughter, like rams together with male goats. How Shishak has been captured, the praise of the whole earth seized. What a horror Babylon has become among the nations. The sea has risen over Babylon. She is covered with its turbulent waves. Her cities have become a desolation, a dry and arid land, a land where no one lives, where no human being passes through. I will punish Bel in Babylon. I will make him vomit what he has swallowed. The nations will no longer stream to him. Even Babylon's wall will fall. Come out from among her, my people. Save your lives, each of you, from the Lord's burning anger. May you not become cowardly and fearful when the report is proclaimed in the land, for the report will come one year and then another the next year. There will be violence in the land with ruler against ruler. Therefore, look, the days are coming when I will punish Babylon's carved images. Her entire land will suffer shame, and all her slain will lie fallen within her. Heaven and earth and everything in them will shout for joy over Babylon, because the destroyers from the north will come against her. This is the Lord's declaration. Babylon must fall because of the slain of Israel, even as the slain of all the earth fell because of Babylon. You who have escaped the sword, go and do not stand still. Remember the Lord from far away, and let Jerusalem come to your mind. We are ashamed because we have heard insults. Humiliation covers our faces because foreigners have entered the holy places of the Lord's temple. Therefore, look, the days are coming, this is the Lord's declaration, when I will punish her carved images, and the wounded will groan throughout her land. Even if Babylon should ascend to the heavens and fortify her tall fortresses, destroyers will come against her from me. This is the Lord's declaration. The sound of a cry from Babylon, the sound of great destruction from the land of the Chaldeans. For the Lord is going to devastate Babylon. He will silence her mighty voice. Their waves roar like abundant waters. The tumult of their voice resounds. For a destroyer is coming against her, against Babylon. Her warriors will be captured, their bows shattered, for the Lord is a God of retribution. He will certainly repay. I will make her princes and sages drunk, along with her governors, officials, and warriors. Then they will fall asleep forever and never wake up. This is the Lord's declaration. Yahweh of hosts is His name. This is what Yahweh of hosts says. Babylon's thick walls will be totally demolished, and her high gates consumed by fire. The peoples will have labored for nothing. The nations will exhaust themselves only to feed the fire. 
This is what Jeremiah the prophet commanded Sariah, son of Neriah, son of Messiah, the quartermaster, when he went to Babylon with King Zedekiah of Judah in the fourth year of Zedekiah's reign. Jeremiah wrote on one scroll all about the disaster that would come to Babylon. All these words were written against Babylon. Jeremiah told Sariah, When you get to Babylon, see that you read all these words aloud. You must say, Lord, you have threatened to cut off this place so that no one will live in it, man or beast. Indeed, it will remain desolate forever. When you have finished reading this scroll, tie a stone to it and throw it into the middle of the Euphrates River. Then say, In the same way, Babylon will sink and never rise again because of the disaster I am bringing on her. They will grow weary. The words of Jeremiah end here. Jeremiah chapter 52 Zedekiah was twenty-one years old when he became king and reigned eleven years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hamutal, daughter of Jeremiah. She was from Libna. Zedekiah did what was evil in the Lord's sight, just as Jehoiakim had done. Because of the Lord's anger, it came to the point in Jerusalem and Judah that he finally banished them from his presence. Nevertheless, Zedekiah rebelled against the king of Babylon. In the ninth year of Zedekiah's reign, on the tenth day of the tenth month, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon advanced against Jerusalem with his entire army. They laid siege to the city and built a siege wall all around it. The city was under siege until King Zedekiah's eleventh year. By the ninth day of the fourth month, the famine was so severe in the city that the people of the land had no food. Then the city was broken into, and all the warriors fled. They left the city by night, by way of the gate between the two walls near the king's garden, though the Chaldeans surrounded the city. They made their way along the route to Arabah. The Chaldean army pursued the king and overtook Zedekiah in the plains of Jericho. Zedekiah's entire family was scattered from him. The Chaldeans seized the king and brought him to the king of Babylon at Riblah in the land of Hamath, and he passed sentence on him. At Riblah, the king of Babylon slaughtered Zedekiah's sons before his eyes, and also slaughtered the Judean commanders. Then he blinded Zedekiah and bound him with bronze chains. The king of Babylon brought Zedekiah to Babylon, where he kept him in custody until his dying day. On the tenth day of the fifth month, which was the nineteenth year of King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, Nebuzaradan, the commander of the guards, entered Jerusalem as the representative of the king of Babylon. He burned the Lord's temple, the king's palace, all the houses of Jerusalem, and all the houses of the nobles. The whole Chaldean army, with the commander of the guards, tore down all the walls surrounding Jerusalem. Nebuzaradan, the commander of the guards, deported some of the poorest of the people, as well as the rest of the people who were left in the city, the deserters who had defected to the king of Babylon, and the rest of the craftsmen. But some of the poorest people of the land of Nebuzaradan, the commander of the guards, left to be vine dressers and farmers. Now the Chaldeans broke into pieces the bronze pillars for the Lord's temple, and the water carts, and the bronze reservoir that were in the Lord's temple, and carried all the bronze to Babylon. They took the pots, shovels, wick trimmers, sprinkling basins, dishes, and all the bronze articles used in the temple service. The commander of the guards took away the bowls, firepans, sprinkling basins, pots, lampstands, pans, and drink-offering bowls, whatever was gold or silver. As for the two pillars, the one reservoir, and the twelve bronze bowls under the water carts that King Solomon had made for the Lord's temple, the weight of the bronze of all these articles was beyond measure. 
One pillar was 27 feet tall, had a circumference of 18 feet, was hollow, four fingers thick, and had a bronze capital on top of it. One capital, encircled by bronze latticework and pomegranates, stood seven and a half feet high. The second pillar was the same with pomegranates. Each capital had 96 pomegranates all around it. All the pomegranates around the latticework numbered 100. The commander of the guards also took away Sareah, the chief priest, Zephaniah, the priest of the second rank, and the three doorkeepers. From the city he took a court official who had been appointed over the warriors, seven trusted royal aides found in the city, the secretary of the commander of the army, who enlisted the people of the land for military duty, and sixty men from the common people who were found within the city. Nebuzaradan, the commander of the guards, took them and brought them to the king of Babylon at Riblah. The king of Babylon put them to death at Riblah in the land of Hamath. So Judah went into exile from its land. These are the people Nebuchadnezzar deported. In the seventh year, 3,023 Jews. In his eighteenth year, 832 people from Jerusalem. In Nebuchadnezzar's twenty-third year, Nebuzaradan, the commander of the guards, deported 745 Jews. Altogether, 4,600 people were deported. On the twenty-fifth day of the twelfth month of the thirty-seventh year of the exile of Judah's king Jehoiakim, evil Merodach, king of Babylon, in the first year of his reign, pardoned king Jehoiakim of Judah and released him from prison. He spoke kindly to him and set his throne above the thrones of the kings who were with him in Babylon. So Jehoiakim changed his prison clothes, and he dined regularly in the presence of the king of Babylon for the rest of his life. As for his allowance, a regular allowance was given to him by the king of Babylon, a portion for each day until the day of his death for the rest of his life. So, as we close out Jeremiah, much of what we read was God warning the people of coming judgment, and that does not make for fun reading, does it? But imagine how difficult it was to be in Jeremiah's shoes, being the one chosen to deliver these messages. No wonder he's known as the weeping prophet. It's much more enjoyable to talk about the love of God, His faithfulness, His love, His forgiveness, His grace. But for there to be forgiveness and grace, there has to be a turning away from sin. There has to be repentance. And often the people who were under judgment showed that they had no interest in following the will of the Lord. In Genesis 6-3, God said, My spirit will not contend with man forever. God is patient, but he doesn't wait forever. This is true for nations, and it's true with individuals. Beloved, it would be good for each of us, if there's something in our life that we know is not pleasing to God, to come to grips with it and ask for forgiveness in His strength to leave it behind, to get it out of our life. Think about how terrible it would be to continue to ignore His pleading to turn to Him. How terrible it would be to come to the end of God's patience. Well, so what do you do with the thought that there is a limit to God's patience? What do you think about that? Let me know. Call the LifeSpring Family Hotline at plus one nine five one seven three two eighty five eleven. You can also comment via Boostagram or go to comment.lifespringmedia.com. Of course, my email inbox is always open to you. You can send me an email at steve at lifespringmedia.com. I do read every comment, and most comments make it on the show, so don't be shy. Let me hear from you. 
Tomorrow will be Gospel Saturday, and our reading will be Luke 7 and 8. Among other things, we'll read about a Roman centurion and what Jesus said about this supposed enemy of the Jewish people. You might be surprised. And have you been watching the fantastic series called The Chosen? Have you seen Season 3? Well, in tomorrow's reading, we'll read about Jairus' 12-year-old daughter, and we'll also read about the woman who touched Jesus' garment. And by the way, if you haven't watched The Chosen, you really should. You can thank me later. If you are new to the show, I want you to know that you are family. We don't have listeners here. We have family, the LifeSpring family. And in a well-functioning family, family members participate. They contribute ideas and talents when called for. They share when they're hurting, and they rejoice together over happy events. That's what I like to happen here. We share prayer requests and praises on Wednesdays and Sundays, and all you need to do to tell me your prayer request or praise is call the LifeSpring Family Hotline at plus one nine five one seven three two eighty five eleven, or go to prayer.lifespringmedia.com, where you'll find an easy-to-fill-out form. And when I get your prayer request or your voicemail, I pray for each one in my quiet time, and I share them here on the show so that we can agree together as we take them as a family to God, and our next time of prayer will be this coming Sunday. Also, you're not going to hear any advertisements on the show because advertisers are uncomfortable for some reason with the discussion of the uncompromising Word of God. Advertising invites censorship, and I will not change the message of the gospel or my comments on it just so some people won't have their toes stepped on. So, with no advertisers, the only way I can do this seven-day-a-week show is with your value-for-value support. If the show has value for you, all I ask is that you decide how valuable the show is to you, and then convert that to a number. If you're not sure, pray, ask the Lord what He would have you do, and then do it. When you settle on a number, go to lifespringmedia.com support, and you'll see how easy it is to donate. And if you have a modern podcast app, you can stream support directly to me in the form of Satoshi as you listen, and you can send boostograms. Once you set up any podcast app that you can find, by the way, at podcastapps.com, the streaming part of it just happens automatically. You just stream micropayments and you control the amount that you stream. And as I was going to say, once you get it set up, you hardly have to think about it again. Now, my personal favorite apps right now for streaming sats is Fountain and Podverse. And how cool is this? Fountain even pays you as you listen. And it's one of the easiest to set up. Check out the apps at podcastapps.com. The great thing about them is most of them are free, and if you don't care for one, you can try another. And if you don't know what a Satoshi is, no worries. The apps will walk you through the process. And I have to be honest, support has been lagging. I need you to step up if you want the show to continue. And this is the place you go to support the show. LifespringMedia.com slash support. I will thank you, and I believe that God will bless you. Scott Snyder did today's show art. Thank you, Scott. And also thanks to Sister Denise, who does the transcripts, Michael Hayner, who does the chapters, Jason Paschal, who also does show art, and Brittany, who sends out the newsletter. This group of people is who I call the team. I am very much indebted to them, and I pray every day that God will bless them. 
And speaking of praying for them and being thankful for them, I'm thankful for you as well. Thank you to those that are in the LifeSpring family. And now, until tomorrow, may God bless you richly. My name is Steve Webb. See you tomorrow. Bye. All the programs in the LifeSpring Media family are made possible by the generous gifts of people like you. Podcasts are cool. Boost!